D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast with your hosts, Garen and Dan. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we are bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of magical content and scoring against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hello, everyone. It's Garen. And I'm Dan, and this week we are excited to be continuing our Magic November using Plane Shift supplements available from Wizards of the Coast on DM's Guild for free, mind you, to build our characters to count down the release of the newest Wizards of the Coast supplement for 5th edition, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, available in stores now. And this week we are plane shifting our way to Kaladesh, which is a vibrant world where innovation and creativity run rampant. Clockwork creations roaming the streets, brilliant inventors being as commonplace as dumbasses here in our world. The cities in this world operate at peak efficiency, and it is a beacon of hope. Sounds perfect, right? Well, this plane does not exist without its issues. There are two dueling groups of inventors known as the Consulate and the Renegades that are constantly out for each other, leading to a seemingly never-ending arms race and tension to boot. What world in, in a tabletop RPG would be any fun without tension and conflict anyway, right, Garen? Oh, yeah. But before we plane shift over to Kaladesh, let me just briefly gloss over the rules of our show. We'll be scoring our character creations this week against nine criteria, and those are melee damage output, range damage output, burninating, which is our magic damage, control in and out of the battle, tankiness, or how well the PC is able to take a hit, and what kind of healing abilities they may have, ally assist, what abilities do they have that can help their fellow party members, Balance, how optimized is this character? Probably the only character we actually take pride in getting a low score in, because after all, it doesn't have to be optimized, it just has to be fun. And in the smooth operator and spitting fire sections where we will have a role-playing scenario where we must determine how the PC would handle it in both a smooth and aggressive manner. Now, these categories are often charisma-based skills, but they can use spells, background features, or whatever else we can think of. And each one of us will get a challenge roll per episode where we will make the other person earn the score in which they're arguing for, but we must use it strategically. The roll will use the charisma modifier for the persuasion check, and the various scores that we are arguing for have a different DC in which we have to achieve. And if the person meets or exceeds that DC, the score is achieved, but if they fail, they must take the score below that of which they're arguing. Now, we've gotten all the boring shit out of the way. Let me audition for my own spot in Kaladesh by showing you just how inventive I am this week, Garen. I am introducing you to Hadvolt. Ooh. Hadvolt is both a craftsman and a skilled dueler. He is a local craftsman of armaments that have a special touch. Coming from a long line of arms craftsmen, Hadvolt possesses generations of knowledge about weapons and fighting that he shares with no one in Kaladesh. But it is well known that his family's weaponry has helped the nobles of the plane win many wars and fend off strangers looking to take control. Now, though he possesses generations worth of knowledge about these arms, his never-ending quench for knowledge, perfection, and innovation drives his creations to be better and more innovative than ever before. He is a level 14 Vidalkin, which is one of the races featured in this supplement, champion fighter of the legendary lineage background. Now, that background is from 
our friend James Intracasso, and it's from a supplement that is Pay What You Want on DMs Guild, known as 15 New Backgrounds, presented by the World Builder blog, and we were happy to present this on the show because as we say constantly, we need more backgrounds. So, and I think, Garen, you could agree with that. Oh, heck yeah. I'm always happy to see a background that I haven't seen before. Even just a twist on something that we already know, but it gives a little bit more flavor. It's Absolutely. so juicy. So who are you bringing right. into Kaladesh this week? I am bringing in a Aetherborn character named Sorgon Morabad. Aetherborn are unusual creations that are pulled from the, the Aether itself. They are technically taken from the existence of a, of a living person, but they are an original individual themselves. They are volatile, and they don't live very long. All of those things considered, they are very unique creatures in the world of Kaladesh. Uh, they are often pulled into politics just for the sheer excitement of it, because they don't really care about the bitchings of people, because they don't live long enough to be invested in it. But this one, he went wild. He saw the futility of the arguments of the world of Kaladesh, and he sought out someone that would allow him to go somewhere more dangerous. And he actually plane shifted himself back to the world of Innistrad because he thought, what could be more fun than to run out my life hunting down vampires? And so that's what he does. He hunts down vampires for the sheer GD fun of it. I'm so but happy to he... hear that your Kaladesh-themed character this week lives in Innistrad. <laughs> He's only going to live for a few years anyway. <laughs> That's right, folks. He likes the setting of Kaladesh so much that he left. <laughs> <laughs> it's his home. Yeah, I grew yeah. up in Downers Grove, Illinois. You don't see me going back there right now. <laughs> but before he went to Innistrad, he stopped real quick in the Nine Hells, and he thought he should pick up a little bit of extra muscle for himself. So when he rode into Innistrad, he was on the back of a Black Knuckle Alpha, which is a gorilla that bleeds necrotic damage from his knuckles and punches you straight back to hell. He is from a little supplement called Jamei Jr.'s Horde of Horses. His name is Herkimer Homoka, and Sorgun and Herkimer are just wrecking vampires on a daily basis. So I built a level 14 rogue which is a herald of the Ebon Star Rogue, which is a subclass that I got from the Warlock magazine published by Cobalt Press. It's written by Kelly Pollock. It is a fantastic rogue subclass. I am also using the Ghoul Imperium Deserter background, which has added me some extra features. Obviously, I didn't blend that totally into my background, but my back, but my backstory this week was kind of an elevator pitch. He hunts vampires for fun. <laughs> No, your backstory this week was schizophrenic at best. Thank you. So that's what I got. That's my character. It might sound stupid, but you guys are going to love it. It might sound stupid, but it is your character after all. And you shouldn't be surprised. <sighs> so before we get into scoring, there's one thing we do need to touch on. That is that this supplement, the Kaladesh, also... This Kaladesh supplement also features a full-on subclass for the Sorcerer, which is the Pyromancer. Which neither of us are showcasing on our show today because we wanted to save a little fun for you to read when you download this for free. And once you have your Pyromancer of your own, give them a test run and have them spark up a cantrip candle. Cantrip candles, the purveyors of 100% soy candles that's specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures like D&D and Pathfinder. There's a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world, musty taverns, tanneries full of exotic hides, or the one we just lit up this week, 
Library Scriptorium. Kaladesh is full of really smart cookies, and I would need to read up on my science textbooks before heading over there. Just one whiff of this candle with its cozy notes of parchment, leather, and aged wood makes me feel like I've already read a few books. Rest assured, Garen, you haven't. But to be honest, you can find a scent to get immersed in for just about any of your adventure settings in their sampler pack, which offer nine of their scents for a great low price. Once you decide that you want to buy every single one of their scents, we're happy to announce that you now can, and the lab will help to cover some of the costs. And let me tell you, the bills are piling up. Because when you use the code LABRAT, L-A-B-R-A-T, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you receive 10% off of your total purchase. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles. And if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Thank you, Cantrip Candles, for being such an excellent friend of our show. Now, how about I kick us off in the Melee category? You ready, Dan? Yeah, let's do it. First of all, the Herald of the Ebon Star Rogue can use a longsword as a light weapon. You heard me right. I get to use my dex modifier on a longsword. I so like I that. So I have a plus 9 to hit, 1d8 plus 4 damage. Also, Herkimer Homoka, my Black Knuckle Alpha, he can punch you with a plus 7 hit, 2d6 plus 5 damage. And I got 7d6 on my sneak attack. And here's another feature. Why do I hunt vampires? Because the Herald of the Ebon Star gets to use a d8 die when they sneak attack a vampire. So if I'm attacking vampires only, that's 7d8 sneak attack damage. Pushing for that plus 1. Thematically, it's appropriate, but I don't know if it's good enough at level 14 for a plus one. I like the longsword as a light weapon, though. That that in itself is worth a plus one, so I'll give it to you. Thanks. I mean, also, I do have my mount that can punch. Now, I was arguing a plus one. I have a maul, which is a plus nine to hit, which deals out 2d6 plus four bludgeoning damage, and I've got three attacks. So, pretty good. Wow. And in a plus nine to it's hit, a lot... it's like you're not, you're not missing too often. No, I mean, that's what I'm supporting, too. All right, you know so... what? Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You say, wait, did you say a plus one? Yeah. Yeah, you can have your plus one. I was going to push the roll on your melee category, but it sounds like you're holding back a little bit. So what do you got for ranged? So when I said plus nine, I meant plus 12 for ranged because that's what I've got. Plus 12 to hit, crossbow deals out 1d8 plus four piercing damage, and I've got three attacks. So I'm, I'm arguing a plus one here. Okay, you know what? I think because we hate ranged, ranged is not going to want you to get this score. So I'm going to push the roll on this one. What's your charisma? I got a 12 charisma, so this might be this might be good for you. I think this DC is, what, a 15? I need a 14 or better. I rolled a 6. Getting at 0. So now while my, my crossbow never will miss with a plus 12 to hit, that dice certainly did. So what do you have for ranged? <laughs> I am also proficient in a longbow with this subclass. So I have a plus 9 to hit, 1d8 plus 4 damage. I also took the Trick Rider feat from the Jemay Jr.'s Horde of Horses, where now if my mount uses the disengage action, I can use my reaction to make a ranged attack, and I can use that a number of times equal to my dex modifier per long rest, which is four times. So I am arguing a plus one. Also got that sneak attack. I don't think ranged wants you to get a plus one. I think you're going to roll. This is battle of the range. It's a good call. How often does this happen? I have got a plus two to my range category. I rolled a 13, which gives me a 15 total. Okay. Getting that plus one. So moving into burninating, what kind of magic dealing damage does your rogue do this week? Well, first of all, I have something called the Aetherborn's Gift, where I drain life on successful hits, dealing an additional 1d6 necrotic damage and restoring that to myself. 
If I go more than seven days without you using this, my hit point maximum drops by 1d6 per week, and it can't be reversed until I use the ability and take a long rest. So now you may be saying to yourself, 1d6 necrotic on every hit is pretty OP. That's because this is an optional ability that they put in the supplement to have you talk with your DM about a, maybe a way to obtain it as you play the game. So this is me adding a magic item to myself, basically, by saying at one point, Sogrun acquired the Aetherborn's gift. So now I got 1d6 per attack. Also, I took the magic initiate feat because he needed a little bit of extra oomph to bring down these vampires. So my booming blade cantrip deals 2d8 thunder damage on hit and 3d8 additional thunder damage if they move away willingly before my next turn. Also, my black knuckle alpha, Herkimer Homoka, deals 2d6 necrotic damage on his punch. All those things considered, I am arguing a plus one here. If you can tell me how you got the Aetherborn gift, you will get your plus one. It was given to him by his mother for his sweet 16 minute. <laughs> All right, I like this. Yes, plus one. They didn't have his Porsche. He was kind of pissed, actually. Yeah, yeah. If somebody gave me some sort of gift that dealt out necrotic damage, I'd be pissed, too. I'm arguing a zero here in Burninating because you may have noticed that I have not accused you of cheating for both the Gorilla and the Aetherborn gift, and that's because I cheated, too. I have nice the Bell Ringer, which is a certain type of maul. Now, this maul, when I deal out that 2d6 damage... It also deals out an additional 1d6 thunder damage on every successful hit. And of course, that's not all. Once per long rest, I can bang this damn thing on the ground. And all creatures within 20 feet must make a DC 15 deck saving throw. And those who fail will take 4d8 thunder damage and they're knocked prone. Creatures who succeed, they'll take half damage and they're not knocked prone. I love this magic item. It is something... Also from our friend James Intracasso on DMs Guild, it's called 50 Magic Items, presented by the World Builder blog. It is pay what you want, and I am happy to feature it here on today's show because James always has something fun to feature. That being said, I think everything encompassed in that item is worthy of a zero. Wow, that is fun. So he deals 1d6 per hit? 1d6 thunder on each hit. So I get that 2d6 on the on the regular hit, and then you add in 1d6 thunder every hit. Yeah, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. I can't I can't argue with that, obviously, because I am cheating. So well, you and can yours have was your zero. Yours was 1d6 too. So like, let's be real. So real. So moving into control, I'm arguing a zero. So I have the Aether Lore. It's a racial trait of the Vidalkin. Uh, whenever you make an intelligence check related to magic items or aether-powered technological devices, you can add twice your proficiency bonus instead of any proficiency bonus you would normally apply. I also have Action Surge, which uh, gives out that extra action, and Improved Critical, which gives me a critical on a 19 or a 20. Now, just to touch a little bit on the Vidalkin, I didn't give too much of a backstory about the race itself. They're a very quiet uh, race. They're very intelligent. They are some of the most influential innovators in Kaladesh, and they live to be anywhere between 200 and 400 years old. Uh, they don't care, just like the Aether, do not care too much about politics. So uh, they tend to stay relatively to themselves, concentrating mostly on their innovations and their inventions. So constantly studying and, and that. So I, I hope I did this race some justice with the creation this week. It's surprising that you've made a fighter out of a arguably like perfect wizard class, but I'm surprised that your character is 
working out so well because of all those things. So I like him. I think he's a lot of fun. What do you think about Control a Zero? And I'll just throw in a, a fun little thing here. We've never actually featured the champion fighter here on the Character Lab, and that's because, objectively speaking, I'm not even trying to be funny, it's the worst subclass of a fighter. There's no argument. It offers almost nothing. And I agree with you. So I say right now, call us out. And if you can convince us that the champion is not the worst fighter, send us an argument and we'll send you some of our PDFs for free. Only if you truly convince us. I mean, we're, yeah. we're not going to we're not going to hold back on you. Yeah. And when one of the few things that it has to offer is something called Remarkable Athlete, you can add half your proficiency to any strength, dex or con check uh, that doesn't already use your proficiency bonus. In addition, you can make a running long jump. The distance you can cover increases by a number of feet equal to your strength modifier. That's literally one of the abilities of the champion i so i added that into control i didn't mention it initially because it's really not that interesting but what do you think about a zero i could give you a zero because i think you had clever arguments there and you're you're kind of working around it so yeah i mean your guy is going to be in control of the battlefield in his own way so i'm not gonna shit on that okay so what do you have when it comes to control? Well, as part of my background feature, I do have an alter ego, which allows me to completely assume a different identity should I need to. I also have reliable talent as a rogue, where any nine or less is treated as a 10 on an ability check. And I have blind sense within 10 feet. So I know even if an invisible creature is around me 10 feet around, I am arguing a zero also. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Nothing terribly impressive, but you got some good utility there. Yeah. So moving into tankiness, how well can your guy, who really isn't alive all that long, this is going to be <laughs> taken into consideration, at least in my argument against you, how well can he take a hit? So my, my rogue is kind of a mixed bag when it comes to tankiness. His HP is low at 98 his AC is very good at 16 with that studded leather and plus four from Dex. He also has that uncanny dodge, but he does have some features that are really going to help him out here. The Gloam Runner, which is a feature of the subclass, at ninth level, I can use a bonus action to move out of reach of creatures, and those creatures have disadvantage on their opportunity attacks. Dash or disengage also does this as I'm moving around and the kind of the shadows swirl around me to obscure me a little bit. I also have Black Star Blazon, which is the 13th level ability. If I get critted, I can make a con save DC 15 or half the damage, whichever is higher, and I can change it to a regular attack. I can also use this feature to switch out a con save instead of any other save, short or long rest to recharge that. Also, but I can't use it if I'm in intense daylight or if there's no shadows or present because I'm a shadowy rogue. The rogiest of rogues, yeah. And my final feature is the other half of my Trick Rider feat, where I can use my reaction while I'm mounted to grant myself three-quarters cover as I slide down along the side of my mount. But I have to succeed on a DC-10 acrobatics check on my next turn, or I will fall off my mount. So I'm arguing a one. Yeah, I, I'm going to push you down to a zero, and I'm going to give my argument, which I'm arguing for a plus one. I've got 168 HP, and I think that's the main the main point here that we need to highlight. You're at 97? Yeah. Okay, I'm at 168. I've got an AC of 17. I've got second wind, which uh, would grant me 1d10 plus 14 at this level. I also have indomitable, which I can use twice per long rest, which allows me to reroll uh, a failed save. I also have Vidalcan Cunning as a racial trait. Now, this is pretty cool. So any spell that requires a intelligence, wisdom, or charisma saving throw, I have advantage 
on those roles every time. Ooh. That's a nice racial trait. I really like that. Because a lot of uh, a lot of spells, you know, some some area effects will call for a dex, you know, dex save or constitution save. But anything that's control will technically, you know, most often ask for a wisdom or an intelligence save. And then, of course, charisma is big because, you know, my guy's too smart to get charmed. I'm arguing <laughs> a plus one. I think that I've got just a little bit more beefiness going on with that AC and the HP and then a little bit of, you know, utility. Your Yours is pretty specific in a lot of areas so i think i'm a one year zero what do you say well i got that uncanny dodge but you know what i don't want to lay on that because that's the obvious rogue trait so i will grant you that plus one to my zero i didn't even hear you say anything about evasion because i didn't even mention evasion you know what i was trying to focus on the new stuff but yeah i really shortchanged myself on that <laughs> so enjoy that zero so before i get into how i help my guy helps his friends i just want to take a quick moment to tell our listeners how they can help the D&D Character Lab and they, they themselves can get a plus two in Ally Assist. Hey, listeners, did you know that we have a variety of ways you can support our show, including a Patreon that has tiers that start at a buck and move all the way up to 20 bucks? We have a Discord that you can chat with us. We create pop culture characters in there. We have fan lab battles. We've got bonus episodes that are flowing. We've got early access to our regular show. There's a lot more. So go to patreon.com forward slash D&D Character Lab and check that out. But we also have supplements available on DMs Guild for just a buck. If you search Garen Jones or you just scroll down to the show notes of each and every one of our episodes, click the link in the show notes. You can check out those supplements. They're definitely worth a listen. And then, of course, we have shirts and merch that feature the ability scores for each category, each ability at their minimum and maximum value. They come in shirts. There's all sorts of good stuff. You can get a coffee mug. You can get a, a dog bandana. Go over there and check it out. The, the link for that is in our show notes. Now that I've done such a good job convincing everyone, obviously I have proficiency in persuasion. I'm arguing a plus one in ally assist. I have a background feature called good reputation. Now, since your family name is known, you can reap many benefits by flying the flag of your heritage. People in positions of power and privilege are willing to take a meeting with you and grant you favors. The DM decides the extent of these favors and that they should not involve lavish gifts or personal risk to the grantor. Another thing I have is, did I mention I also cheated with the crossbow? Because it's a healer's crossbow. What? Yeah, that's right. So check this out. It gives me a plus one bonus to all attacks which I already incorporated in with that plus 12. But then you can declare a healing bolt once per short or long rest. You can declare one of your regular bolts from your crossbow a healing bolt, and it's no action. And you basically have to use it within an hour. But if you do, you shoot somebody. You could be anyone. They take the normal damage from the crossbow bolt. So 1d8 plus 4 in this case. But then they would immediately heal 4d10 plus 4. James, you jerk. So I think that's pretty cool, especially if you play this in a role play in, in your party, if you play this close to the chest, this would be an extremely tense moment. People would be like, what are you doing? Oh I my think god, that would be so great. I think it would be so great. So anyways, I am arguing a plus one here just with those two things because I think that this cro healer's crossbow is just so damn cool. Both of these things brought to you by James Intricasso. He's a genius. Okay. All right. Because you're lying so heavily on cheating, I'm going to argue that that is a zero. No way. Not with that. Not with the quality of those that work there. Yeah, but 
a lot of your, your friend- stuff. Uh, my cheating goes in two categories. Yours carries over into like four. All right, fine. You can have your plus one to that. I'm taking a minus two because I don't help my friends. I don't care about. <laughs> I don't have friends. I got Herkum or Homoka, my gorilla. Okay. And most of the time, I'm roaming around the dark and in Innistrad anyway. Like- By the time I go back to Kaladesh, my Toys R Us is closed. <laughs> yeah, like, what kind of dick are you? You just leave your plane and go to another one because you like it more? Because I wanted to have a little bit of fun with my life. You're like a snowbird. That's on brand, at least. <laughs> so, listeners, don't be like Garen's character. Get a plus two in ally assist by doing everything I said. Move on to balance. How balanced is... He sounds like a total dick. He's not a great guy, but his balance is okay. His strength is 11, dex of 18, con of 8, intelligence of 15, wisdom of 14, charisma of 15. His proficiencies, he's got seven of them, and deception, investigation, stealth, intimidation, all 12 or better. So I'm arguing a plus one because my con is low, but otherwise that is like across the board a great looking character. I agree. I agree. Nice balance. I'm arguing this is probably one of the most optimized characters I've ever brought to the lab. I'm, I'm arguing a plus two here. So, eight, uh, sorry, 16 in strength, 18 in dex, uh, 14 in con, 12 in intelligence, 11 in wisdom, 12 in charisma. Proficiency in acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, perception, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. Saving throws of strength in dex. I've got those two wonderful magic items, an AC of 17 and 168 hit points, and a passive perception of 15. I think this is a super duper balanced character. I don't think I've ever made a fighter that smart before, but it's pretty pretty. You know, this made me think, because those numbers are real sexy. Fighters have the most ability score improvement. So, listeners, if you make a fighter, they don't have to be a dumb fighter. You have plenty of opportunity to make them a smart fighter if you want. You can you can bump up that wisdom, charisma, and intelligence, and you can make a very well-rounded character. Even though your in-game features might be geared towards combat, you can still give yourself a lot of opportunity to yeah. do other things. And and that's a great point, Garen, because I didn't actually do nothing but ability scores. I also took the skilled feat, which a lot of people don't take but i wanted to get some more proficiencies to add some uh sex appeal to the overall balance of this character also he's one smart cookie so i also wanted to kind of convey that with where he's good at a lot of shit those numbers don't just come from ability score improvements like i didn't max out the ability score improvements like that there was more opportunity for that and i didn't take it so fighters good class good class yeah you can and you can have your plus two on that so let's move into the charisma scenarios for the week yeah so for this week we this one was submitted by our ten dollar patron cheyenne harris and she says while visiting a local tavern you get cornered by a drunk seemingly violent group of six dwarves because you seem to be the most sober in the room they insist that you settle their argument uh which one of the two women in their group is the most beautiful but the problem is you don't even know who's a female in this group of six people In the dim light, all six appear to have beards and a decent layer of soot upon them, and you get the sense that the argument could easily turn into an all-out brawl, uh, with you right in the middle if you answer incorrectly. Garen, how do you handle this situation in a smooth fashion? Dude, this is so freaking smooth. One of my spells... I got, as a magic initiate, I got two cantrips and one level one spell. The level one spell I took 
I cast right here, and that is Grease. We all tumble down into a big pile, and then I use my plus 12 to investigation checks to delicately grope around for signs of gender as I try to pretend to get up. And then I go, oh, that lady's hot, and I gotta go. Garen, I think that's a pretty good plan. <laughs> yeah, man, call me Danny Zuko because I am so slick with you, all these dwarves. What are you arguing here? I'm arguing a plus two. I think this is smooth. It this is. This is greasy that, smooth. I love the grease spell. I actually used it in game once. <laughs> if you remember, Garen, it's it's just fun. Of course. It's a great spell. You'll never forget it. If you get If you add grease to your spell list and you use it, you'll never forget when you did it. So God damn it, add it. Absolutely. So I have a plus six to persuasion. I would insist that I wasn't interested in women. That's it? That's it. Minus one. So what you just say that you have no interest and so you're not going to decide like here the dwarves are like, come on, just just look at them. Figure out which one. Which one is it? I think all of you women are beautiful. Four of us are dudes. Yeah, right. I, I think both of you are, are beautiful, obviously. Well, there's got to be one has got to be prettier than the other. That's how it works. <laughs> I literally right, have roll. nothing to navigate this situation as a fighter. There's nothing smooth I can do here. Roll your persuasion check to convince them that you have no interest in deciding this. I don't know what it is. I need to check the balance of this dice because I roll 19s a lot on this thing. So, oh. yeah. And uh, persuasion, I think I have a plus 7. No, okay. pl plus so that 6. Is, that's, a, that's a 25. That is very convincing that you have no interest in deciding this. So I think even the drunkest of dwarves would have to back off. All right, but not a great argument. So you will get no, to minus, minus 1. No, minus 1, yeah. So how I would handle this in... An aggressive manner, Margin is zero. So I would definitely say that it's the one with the biggest beard. I'd point right at the one with the biggest beard, and I'd be like, yeah, it's you, darling. And then I'd just piss them off. Like, they're getting ready to, like, suck me, and I would just strike my bell ringer on the ground and just cause that thunderous wave. Everybody's knocked prone, and I make a, I make a run for the door. Zero. <laughs> so you yeah you just you just dip out i mean yeah, yeah I, mean, you didn't, I, I you didn't... go right for it i'm like i don't know which one of you is a woman and i point at the one with the biggest beard call him darlin probably a guy two-thirds chance here that that it's a guy go for the door all right yeah that's zero worthy you're diffusing the situation well i'm getting the hell out too yeah that's really what this is about okay well here's what i'm gonna do i tell them whoa 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 i you can't have me judging the beauties of others when my wife is right here. And I use my plus 12 to deception checks to call Herkimer Homoka over and be like, honey, I am so sorry <laughs> that these dwarves cornered me. Uh, I was not checking out these lady dwarves. Look, look, please forgive me. And Herkimer's like speaking gorilla speak. And I'm like, yes, yes, I know. God. I know this won't happen again. Look, do you forgive me? And then Herkimer gives me a kiss, and I use my cantrip prestidigitation to make it look like lipstick lips appear on my cheek. It's not aggressive in the least bit, but you have killed it with two fantastic smooth scenarios. Like I, 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 I did look, double I, smooth, technically. Yeah, and I look terrible in this. I, I mean, you just killed it this week. Man, I love having Herkimer be your wife. That's fantastic. <laughs> what are you arguing? Plus two? Plus three? Whatever. It's all good. I was, was going to say... Yeah, I was going to say plus two, but it is a smooth operator, so I didn't even take a plus one. But All right, so get a plus one because it was, yeah, I mean, it was technically smooth, but I, I loved it. So let's move into X Factor, specifically focusing on, you know, the race and the build that you have this week. Would you play this character? Yes, this would be a lot of fun. It would be a dark character. It's kind of a loner character, but it would work well into a party. And obviously, it's a very circumstantial 
subclass, but I think that's why it was created and that's why it excited me because sometimes a subclass has to fit a certain niche so you really really have a place to shine kelly pollock i tried to find you on social media but i could not but if you do hear this fantastic work on this really good love to see more stuff that you have coming through cobalt press or wherever else let us know we will tweet you out on our account because your work is worth seeing from all of our listeners here big big yes on playing sogern morabad thank you ben potts for that name by the way sorry ben <laughs> i didn't shout you out earlier and garen wonderful job screaming into the void trying to appeal to kelly now when it comes to... What the fuck was this guy's name? When it comes to Hodvolt, I would definitely play this character. One thing that I did like about Kaladesh that neither you or I really did was that this is a great environment for casters. You know, this is... Yeah. This, is, this would be great, as you said, for wizards or sorcerers. Some really smart, innovative people. There, you can tell there's a bit of cunning, especially when you get into the bit of lore about uh, the, the two opposing factions and whatnot. But it's a very cool setting, very innovative, bright. It comes off as optimistic, but you can tell that there's some shit going on in the, behind the scenes. You know what I mean? When, yeah, well said. When, when it specifically pertains to the Vidalkin, I, I like that they're sort of peaceful, but restlessly trying to innovate they're definitely the biggest innovators in town and they would make a great wizard they would also as i showed make a pretty cool fighter uh when it comes to if you themed it as like you know they're constantly trying to refine their craft because one thing it did say is that they strive for perfection they see that imperfection indicates that you know improvements can be made and that's where they focus their innovation so it's some pretty cool role-playing uh, opportunities there and i also of course want to make a shout out to our friend james intracasso his creations that i included this week in both the backgrounds and then the countless magical items that are in that supplement are brilliant as always and uh would be a fun addition to any game well said, Dan, and great character this week. And I think we are both evidence that the best laid plans for your setting as a DM could go totally awry when your player comes to the table and says, I want to hunt vampires. Here's my character. You know, you got to roll with it. Yeah, don't so shut your players down. Let them have fun. That's right. So don't invite Garen to your table and you'll be fine. Truth. But Dan, with that little edge out that I had at Charisma Scenario, I bounced back to a 5-4 to four victory this week. Rounding out the last of our Plane Shift episodes for the month of November, because next week we will be taken to Ravnica with the brand new book. Looking forward to that episode, guys. But all of these Plane Shift supplements are available on DMs Guild for free. They're official Wizards content. They're brief, easily digestible. They're a fun read, and they add great options to your game. This one was called Plane Shift Kaladesh. While you're there, look at our DMs Guild stuff. Beastlands, we featured it on our October 24th episode, is up there. Garen Jones. Number two, this is a new announcement. If you become a patron of ours between now and December, you will get to access to our 12 Days of Christmas that we are giving all of our patrons. We're going to have special surprises for our patrons every day leading up to Christmas. Why? Because we love you. Speaking of that, Patreon bonus episodes are flowing, including a triple bonus episodes in november that's right one extra episode brand new idea that we came up with and we released to our five dollars and up patrons all these things are in the show notes if you want to read up more well garen thank you for those updates and that about wraps things up for us this week again look forward to next week where we feature the newest supplement for wizards of the coast Guildmaster's guide to ravnica and just remember lab rats when it comes to character creation it doesn't have to be optimized it just has to be fun. Thanks, guys. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be 
sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at DND Character Lab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.